There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with Doug Sprinthal and Andy Rampernard. Special guest coming up in just a couple of seconds, but I'm not going to tell you who it is yet. We'll tell you it's Kevin and Gail. That's what we'll tell you. All right. We'll be right back with our special guest up next with the family. Well, you could just intro yourself. I, I like okay. it when you do it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Hello, boys and girls. <laughs> that was really that good. That was really I know. That's my new tagline. I'm yeah, just trying really it out. Great. Really we are runner. in dire need of used car inventory because new cars are so short in supply. If you have something that, you know, because of COVID, you're not driving very much, maybe you've got a lease car that's sitting in the garage going, yeah, I could really be fine with not making the $400 a month payment. Go to walzerbuyscars.com. If you know your license plate number, type that into the search bar uh, and then answer about probably 10 questions. Hit submit and you will get an offer on your car just that quickly. We do need to do a physical appraisal at some point but it takes usually five minutes and we are trying to find ways to buy cars not prevent people from selling them to us so go to walzerbuyscars.com for more exciting information boys and girls walzer automotive group walzer.com michael bryant brad sean bryant what's the latest uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, president at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, we believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders. When your business banks with us, you're not training in a new inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. We get to know you and your business, and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, we'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, our special guests at Bogart's tonight, as a matter of fact. Kevin Farley and Gail Beckwar. How you doing, Kevin? Gail, how are things? Great. Hey, doing 
Great, thank you. Marvelous, great having you both. My son Andy, genius that he is, because he knows he won't let me even anywhere near like, oh, you know, keyboards, things like that to get people on the air. So, you know, this has worked out rather well. I figured out how to call two people on Skype. <clears throat> there you go. Very highlight, highlight of my career. <laughs> who needs eighth grade? <laughs> yeah, who did? I didn't, I guarantee you that. And I really didn't need 10th, 11th, or 12th grade either because I learned. Well, see, the problem is, and maybe you guys can understand this, I went to Catholic school from, from 12th to 8th grade. So by the time I got to public school, I already learned that in like 4th and 5th grade. It was one of those deals. I mean, that's, yeah. true, that's a true story, too. It was the same exact stuff they taught in, in 10th grade in high school at public school. We learned in like 4th grade. Mm. <laughs> Whatever. In any case, Kevin Farley and Gail Beckwar <laughs> at uh, Bogarts tonight. Doors open at 6 o'clock. Comedy starts at 8 o'clock with Gail hitting the stage, followed by headliner Kevin Farley. Uh, they're gonna. They've got tables, which is a great idea. They're gonna meet all the all the requirements. But now, uh, Kevin and Gail, Doug Sprinthal, who's on the show with us, says that uh, they're gonna make the governor might be making some announcements and easing up on those restrictions. Yeah, this is in the strib right now, the local paper. The first step on fr- oh, it'll be Friday. Darn it. Friday. Uh, Friday. We'll uh, eliminate. Uh, exp- they're gonna. Open open up almost everything. Right now, bars are closing in Minnesota at, what, 10.30 or 11? 10.30 or 11, yeah. Yeah, they're going to, so. Oh, is that what that rule's about? Yeah. Oh, interesting. So that'll go away Friday, and then I think huh. everything will be gone by the 1st of June. So they, The one thing I did notice, which I thought was really odd, is he said that you don't have to wear masks anymore unless your names are Kevin and Gail. <laughs> And so <laughs> the timing has not been good for you guys, I just want you to know. So how have you been? Has everything been great? Yeah, well, no, it's it's been pretty awful, you know, say, yeah. for the last year. You know, I mean, I can't say it's been great. It's uh, we've been uh, just starting to get back on the, on, you know, just beginning to get back in sort of normal world, you know. But uh, it, you know, it's been a rough year, I think, for comics. Yeah, that's that is very true. Well, actors, comics, uh, musicians, obviously. It, I guess anybody who likes to perform on stage, it was pretty much not a great year. I think the toughest no. people were the road crews because, you know, actors and musicians, you could at least find some work. Yeah. But the people that did all the support work, nobody's going to want to watch a live stream of somebody hanging lights, right? No, You're probably not going to get any money for that. That's probably true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I didn't even thought about road crews, man. They're really – road crews are really suffering. Man. Big time, big time. Yeah. So now everything no, is – it's been a rough year. Oh, Yeah. So what did you? So how did you handle it? You sit around. You love to go on stage. You both love to hit the stage and make people laugh, entertain people. That's got to be tough. I mean, I sit and BS on the radio. That's it's not that big a deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, I uh, I taught acting classes. You know, but I tried to limit the. You know, I I tried to limit my class. You know, and spread out the class pretty much. But uh, I I would do that, or I do Zoom shows. You know, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I do some of those, but those are terrible, absolutely terrible. <laughs> those are terrible, but so you liked them a lot, it sounds like you had a good time, you know. No, I well, the paycheck, it was a nice paycheck, but uh, the, the comedy doesn't translate, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be like watching comedy on television, even, it'd be a little, little odder than that, wouldn't it? Yeah, because sometimes the Zoom goes out and then. You know, it's just like there's just some delay there, you know, like a delay, and, and it's terrible. Yeah. It's a terrible. <clears throat> no, I understand. I did. I spent a, a while in Florida in the winter, and I was doing the morning show and this show from down there. And on this show, there was about a one-second delay. It was hideous because I used to be a singer when I was younger, so I, I sing along to the, to the music. And I guess... Uh, Andy and uh, Doug were telling me that I was only off by a full second, which sounded horrendous. Yeah, dogs were howling. <laughs> Count to four. Dogs What's wrong howling. with you? Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> uh, that'll work out in the end. So, Gail, no, t- tell me a little about yourself, Gail. What, what, what's it all about? Well, yeah, you, Kevin's talking about Zoom. I, my dad was a magician. I grew up doing magic as a kid, so... I have done a couple of magic stuff over Zoom, and it's it's tough there. At least you have the visual. I could do a couple shows. I did a couple shows in the summertime outdoors, uh, but uh, yeah, it was rough for everybody. Growing up in a family of magicians was kind of strange. Uh, I have three sisters, and 
I was the only boy, and mom names me Gail. I don't know what the heck that was well, all that's about. That's a good but, Gail uh, <laughs> Sayers, baby. That's all you need to know is Gail Sayers. Oh, you remember Gail Sayers. Oh, the kids, yeah. They don't remember him. There was a basketball player named Gail Goodrich yep, for the yep, Los Angeles yep, Lakers. Yes, sir. So, But I always tell people I wasn't going to get into magic, but my three older sisters make 100 bucks a trick. And I figure, why can't I? So, <laughs> well, that's, what... that's cold, Gail. That's cold. <laughs> it is cold. It's funny. They're not that good. They don't make that much. <laughs> no. Andy, it's not a magic trick he's talking about. <laughs> oh. oh <is> that... <laughs> <laughs> so have your sisters heard that joke? Uh, yeah, one teaches at a religious school. So oh, God. <laughs> so it's pretty smooth at the uh, Thanksgiving, huh? It, sounds, it goes pretty smoothly. Yeah, yeah I bet. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of interesting that you guys working together, because obviously Kevin from a very va- famous family of entertainers, you mm-hmm. from a famous family of entertainers, uh, magicians, the whole shooting match. So how did you guys get to know one another? On the road, well, I, I met. Oh, on the road, yeah, we were we we did yeah. a show in uh, Nebraska, and then another one in Fountain, Minnesota, and this is our third time together. I I tell people, I and I don't know if Kevin saw this, but this is like a three day tour. But uh, I'm a little thin, kind of look like Gilligan. And no offense, <laughs> Kevin, he's a little bigger, looks like Skipper. I it should be a three hour tour. That's what I say. So anyway, that, that works for me. Hey, nothing wrong with guys that look like Skipper, baby. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Are you a Skipper guy? I used to be a Skipper guy. I'm I'm more now like uh, uh, I put a, I put a few years on, so I'm more like the the millionaire and his wife. That's the, there you go. not the money part, just the age part. Yeah, didn't one of them uh, yeah. Just oh, it was Marianne just passed away, didn't she? Yeah, uh, yeah she the, did. Uh, yeah, she did. A couple months ago. Sweetheart of a woman. I don't know if you ever met her, but she was just a really terrifically sweet really? woman. Oh God, she's very nice. Oh. You guys want well. you guys want to feel really old? Okay, here we go. The, you watched The Rifleman when you were a kid, right? Well, of course, yeah. Remember the, his son Mark? Sure. Yeah, he died last week. He well. was seventy-five. Huh. He died. Yeah. Mark, what was his name? I on can't there? remember his last name. But he was, was 75 working. years old, and oh, my mind, he's still sake. nine. Well, right? yeah, exactly. My God. Yeah. Mark and McCain. The Rifleman is a great show. It was a great show, The Rifleman. I wish I could just, you know what I'd like to do? I grew up in Minneapolis. So what I'd like to do is go through my old neighborhood with a repeating rifle and see how that works. <laughs> yeah, you know, he did. Why can't I do it? Do you know he was the first <laughs> NBA player to shatter a backboard? He was, yeah. yeah. Oh, Chuck like the Connors. late 40s. <clears throat> Chuck Connors was shattered a backboard, yep. He did. He was. An, wow. I didn't know he was an NBA player. Wow. Yeah. Well, he played baseball too. You know, back then a yeah. lot of the good guys had to play two sports because there was no money in it. I think he played for Chicago as well, the Cubs. Oh wow! Great athlete. Yeah. Johnny Crawford is who died by the Johnny way. Crawford died last week at seventy-five. Seventy-five years old. It's a little young to be oh, dying wow. these days, isn't it? Fairly, I'd say. Well, what's his name? Just yeah. died too. Oh, he. Had Alzheimer's. Oh, so, yeah. geez, that's terrible. That'll no. do it. Depressed everybody. This Not a guy is, from Blow. This is a, this is a wonderful conversation. <laughs> you know, hey, make me laugh, will you guys? Come on, with all the cheerfulness we're bringing you. I mean, you know, oh, we're all cheered up and ready to go. What do you guys do for hemorrhoids? Yeah. I'm going to commit suicide after this. <laughs> Kevin just killed himself. But other than that. Now, what know. better way to pick yourself up than go to a comedy show than 8 p.m.? Well, I do have to ask you guys, is it is it a little scary going back on stage doing comedy since every word in the English language now is offensive That's to somebody? True. How do you guys get around yeah. that? I mean, you just plow forward and hope for the best. That's I love like, it. Yeah. Any, like any comedian, I think you just got to keep going and then take your hits as they come. They're going to come, so, you know, you just take your hits as they come. You know, I and just hope, like... The offensive thing that you said was at least funny enough to to make some people laugh. You know? you're, they're playing at Bogarts in Apple Valley. They'll be you can just do all dick jokes and you'll be fine. There. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. So you're you're a fan of this place. I've been there for. It's about probably eight miles from my house. I I've been there a so, few yeah. times. They don't they don't have a lot of comedy shows there. It's it's more known for live bands and stuff. But they just opened up the club again. I think oh, good. three weeks ago or so. Oh really? Yeah. Well, that's good news. Yeah. Hey, the more comedy, the better, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And every comedian yeah, in the I, world right now is like, Siberia? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take anything. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I'm not really concerned about it because I've been... You know, I've been on the air for so many years now. If I get canceled, it's like finally I, I broke free. But um, <laughs> sweet release of death, the sweet release of death. You know that kind of deal. Really? But yeah, I I know a lot of people are very very concerned about saying anything. I mean, they fired a guy on a morning show in Buffalo because he compared a couple of women's skin color to toast. What? Oh yeah! Wow! But toast said, is delicious. He said, "I like women who look like dark toast," and they fired him for saying that. I fire him just because wow. it's a weird thing to say. Well, it is a weird thing to say. That's it true. Is. But he is a disc jockey, yeah. so you know that's what the hell, also true. That's what disc jockeys do. They wait a minute. I just took a shot at myself there. I probably shouldn't have done that. But mm. but yeah, I, I, I it, it's got to be a little. I don't. You guys are probably not intimidated by it. You do what you do, and you actually, you know, Kevin. When we heard uh, you guys were going to be on today, I was kind of happy about it because you tend to be kind of a you know to lean pretty positive anyway. Um, yeah. Which, thank God, in this world, I hate you. Oh, do you? Why don't you calm down there, pal? That's going to help yeah. you, isn't it? Gonna, <laughs> that's going to help you guys a lot, I would imagine, isn't it? Being more positive about things. I also just don't look at myself as being part of Hollywood. I'm so right. far out of the... I, I don't even, like, I don't think Hollywood knows who I am. I mean, I, I, I just think that I just do my shows, and I'm so far out of that loop, you know, that I... Uh, I don't think, even if I did say anything, they'd be like, hey, don't bother with that guy. Oh, I don't know about I mean, that. I, I mean, I, I just, I just, I'm not even on anybody's radar. So it's kind of like, I don't know. I, I'm not really afraid of it. I mean, I just, uh, I just, I just don't feel like I'm part of the, what are you going to cancel me from? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just do my shows, but. You can't really take anything away from a guy that doesn't really have anything. I mean, I don't <laughs> well, Kevin, I mean, you do know that there are a few people in the world that know who the Farley family are. I'm, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, but then I don't have a show. I don't have a. I just do my live shows, you know. And I don't have a. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I'd be canceled from. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, don't, I suppose. I just do my shows. I you just, can come after me, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah, that's true. That, that's true. But, you know, that stuff's been going on for years. People think that's a really new deal, but that stuff's been going on for years. If you got out of line with somebody or whatever and they could convince, ever since digital appeared, what was that? In, uh, you know, like when people started going on Twitter and Facebook, was that, what, like 15 years ago, something like that? Yeah, if. Maybe not even 15 yeah. years ago? I yeah. noticed right away when people started going on on Twitter and Facebook. I didn't know this, and it was kind of nice because they said, you should go on that Facebook and Twitter because people you know, are pretty open about themselves. And I went on Twitter and Facebook and found out that day what a prick I am, which I never knew. <laughs> really? Yeah, I thought I was a great guy. <laughs> and we all did. I guess nobody told you. <laughs> yeah, nobody told me until I went on Twitter and Facebook. Oh, how disgusting yeah. and horrible I really am. Oh, I know. Or yeah, you, there's yeah. always somebody out there that that'll hate you. You know, oh, yeah. no doubt. <laughs> Which like, is pretty. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Gosh, and I know if you have kids, do you have kids? Because uh, oh. I got two twenty-year-old da- twin daughters, and they'll let you know if you're out of line or not politically correct. That's for sure. Well, luckily, my son Andy is the engineer on this show, so I'm with him pretty much every day. Oh. And my daughter Alex appears <laughs> on Tuesday, Wednesday, and th- uh, excuse me, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. So yes, I am kept in line. Like my God, Dad, really? Yeah, I get a lot of that. I do. Yeah. Well, you know, I I work a lot of colleges and and uh, conventions and and obviously comedy clubs. And you're right about being PC. You have to be so politically correct. Yeah. More so. At, co- at colleges and at clubs, but like Kevin said, you just kind of plow through it, and just if they groan or who or ah, just continue on and just act like you know you meant to say it and don't acknowledge it. That's what I don't do. But can I just very quickly? I can't even remember who it was, and I apologize. This is just a sixty-second story. I promise. <clears throat> we had a kid in studio years ago, came in to do the show. Stand-up comedian, really, really nice guy. Uh, but I asked him the worst moment of his comedy career because he was talking about how tough it was to do this. That he had. This is a couple of years ago. But he said he was appearing at a college out on the East Coast. He wouldn't say which one it was, but I'm sure it was one of the you know big shot colleges. 
and they were in the auditorium. The auditorium was full, and somehow the air conditioning in the middle of summer broke. So in order to get a little circulation, they opened up the windows. And he said the problem with that was when he would tell a joke that nobody laughed at, all you could hear were the crickets outside. <laughs> That's funny. How great is that? You tell a joke, nobody responds. That's real nice. Isn't that just it was Mitch Hedberg's last gig? Yeah, probably Mitch Hedberg. That's probably who it was exactly, his last show. I don't know. See, yeah. for me, both of you, I mean, seriously, to, to have you guys back on the road again, to be appearing in clubs, it's, there's a sign that maybe that maybe uh, we're kind of getting back to normal. I actually ate uh, Cinco de Mayo, a little uh, Cinco de Mayo celebration dinner last night with my daughter, her two kids, her husband, and my wife at a restaurant sitting down at a booth. Can you believe it? How exciting. They have booths at Arby's? <laughs> yeah, Arby's. I sat in a booth at Arby's. It was unbelievable. No, it, it was so nice. And to go and see you guys, you know, tonight, uh, it's going to be a thrill for people because they can sit down, they can have a few laughs and get away from I don't know how anybody watches the TV news anymore, particularly the national news. My God, those people are crabby. What the hell is that? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> they are crabby. <clears throat> they, they are super yeah. crabby. It's true. <laughs> I don't know who you uses the word crabby anymore. But yeah, that is funny. <laughs> yeah, crabby bastard. I love that. <laughs> you crabby. You big crab. What are you so crabby about? You're right. Nobody just says crabby anymore, do they? No. Nobody says crabby anymore. I haven't heard it in a while. But uh, it, they are crabby, though. They're really crabby. They you know? are. I think that, yeah. But I, our audiences, I think, are going to be happy because they're, they've been so crabby just in their house. So. You're not going to let that go, you know? are you? <laughs> no, I love it. I love that word. I'm going to use it. It's a great word. No, uh, it's a great word. I think it's. Uh, I think they are ready to come out and have a good time. They're just been cooped up in their house. They're wearing a mask, and I think they're tired of it all. I think yeah. so. Yeah. I think that's probably true. I just can I ask you guys one question? This is kind of maybe a weird question, but it. It fascinates me, particularly because you both grew up in entertaining families, most definitely. Um, was there one thing that triggered both of you to do comedy? I was talking to Tom Dreesen this morning. I've known Tom for years, just a great guy. I don't know if you guys yeah. have ever met him or worked with him or not, but he's, a, to me, yeah. I, anyway, to me, he's a really, really decent guy, and he was on this yeah, morning. Yeah, good guy. He is a really nice guy, and we were just talking about yeah. how how you started doing do you remember now in your family kevin and in your family also you know gail with, with entertainment did it just come naturally to you guys or was there a point where you said i want to make people laugh what, what drove you to do it Go ahead, well for me it was just it was just being you know bored i think i was you know, <laughs> i was bored <laughs> it, i think comedy comes from boredom and i think uh you know, we were hanging out or whatever, just in school, and you know, there were a bunch of friends of mine that who who was the funniest guy and and who could make us all laugh, you know. And uh, it was this competition ever since I was young, even yep. in my own family, so amongst my friends, who's the guy that's going to make us all laugh, you know? And it always it was more of a competition, like, uh, and the guy that that won that competition was like the most popular guy you know and right. so it's like this it was a pretty intense competition to get everybody to laugh in our circle of friends or even in my family you know so it was just it was kind of natural that way just and it stems out of boredom out of sheer boredom going to catholic school and being regimented <laughs> right, right you know <laughs> yeah yeah just always always being regimented always being like you know uh, under under uh, some sort of oppression i guess i don't know but it, it, stand, it stand, came from that, just being really, really bored, and somebody make me laugh here, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, that makes sense. But, yeah, for me as a for me as a child, I grew up. My dad was a magician, so I was jumping out of boxes, and he would pay us a dollar, my sister and I, and my other two sisters, to help him out. And then we saw that he was making two hundred fifty bucks, and we're going, "What is this? A sweatshop? You know? I mean, we only get a dollar." And anyway. <laughs> yes, it is a sweatshop. 
<laughs> and I never wanted to be a magician. I went into uh, college, wanted to do what you guys are doing. I wanted to be in broadcasting and advertising and, and uh, just entered a dormitory uh, contest um, because of the college roommates I had. They saw me do a card trick, and they go, what did you learn this? I said, oh, my dad's a magician. I grew up doing magic. And so at the end of my freshman year, I just entered this thing. I won one of the $15 prizes and got interviewed by the campus newspaper and start doing some shows and then you realize that you're funny with the magic that's what yeah. I, you know i didn't realize that it, that 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 the comedy was starting to take over at first it was like basically 80 percent magic and 20 percent comedy and now it's the comedy is actually even stronger than the magic in my show i think it's i only do four tricks in an hour's time and, <clears throat> and or in 45 minutes time usually five tricks in an hour and we're and, and who i got the chance to meet about six, seven years ago Unfortunately, we lost him a couple of years ago. Was Harry Anderson? You know, oh, Harry Anderson, sure. the comedian magician. He only would do three tricks, and we talked for a couple of hours. Yeah, when at one of his performance, and I was at that show, and and had um, done a little bit of time before him, and he was kind of been nicer. He just came from the Magic Castle, performing there in Hollywood, sure. and uh, and so yeah, that's how I kind of I got started, and it, you do kind of bite the bug and and i never cared for the magic that i saw on tv but harry anderson penn and teller you know they kind of changed it and made it kind of more uh, not so much you know when i when i fight when i first started when if you told people that a magician was coming out on stage it was like telling people it was going to be a mime you know there was nobody wanted to be a magician now, now because of america's got talent david Blaine, yeah. chris angel yeah. now it's, it's popular again it's so so but uh, but yeah, I do a combination of my show, so it's that's how I got, and I and I enjoy it. Obviously, you know, when you're doing it, and I did, I have missed it this last year. No, no question. The reason I asked you that question, and you, you both, I, I appreciate your answers, is this morning Tom Dreesen said uh, that he has asked pretty much every comedian he's ever met. Did your father ever hug you? Did he ever tell you he loved you? And did he support your career? And he has yet to meet a comedian that said yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> it has not happened yet. Uh, yeah, apparently does. No. Fathers of comedians don't uh, don't say I love you uh, very much. Apparently that doesn't happen all that often. Uh, no, I was, think was, that was Tom's dad funny. I mean, same story, actually. Dreesen's father kind of shunned him. I, 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 the reason it even came up, he was asking me about it myself, and I said, well, was, I never got along with my father at all. Uh, the way I described that is when I was a little boy, I, I lost every fist fight I ever had with him. You know, so we didn't get along all that well. And then, uh, you know, the only time he was ever happy, I would literally turn off the television, seven, eight years old, and tell him jokes I had heard on Ed Sullivan. That's the only way he was ever happy with me. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that it is what a lot of my friends are comedians that, that they're always trying to make their dad laugh. Yep. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that that does come from that. I mean, I think uh, in my family, too, my dad, he wasn't a, you know, we didn't have a contentious relationship. I just think it was, it was, it was, things were a lot easier when he was in a better mood and, and he was laughing, you know. Yeah, no question. Can you guys do a couple more minutes? Can I take a break and come back? Uh, do you have a few more minutes? Or do you oh, have to sure. Do? Yeah, yeah. Oh, excellent. We'll be right back in just a few minutes with Kevin and Gail. Right back. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. Well, he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now Mike has done it again by introducing his new My Slippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop. The My Slippers are designed to wear indoor and outdoor all day long. Made with my pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent fatigue and made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering 40% off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable, you'll want to get some for the whole family, which is what we did. Call 1 800 516 5146 or use promo code TOM, of course. 1 800 516 5146. Use promo code TOM or go to mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code TOM. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Call 1 800 516 5146. Use promo code TOM. 
Dan Chesky is here from Dan Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want. So get in and take advantage of the factory incentives and discounts February offers. Why should our listeners shop for a fishing boat at Dan Southside Marine? We have the latest models on display, like the new Revolution. It features rotational seating from Premier Marine and the new Lumacraft FSX crossover fishing ski. Both are getting tons of attention and grabbing sales from the competition. Dan's Southside Marine is packed with pontoons from Avalon, Berkshire, and Premier with all the rebates and incentives we mentioned at the top. Get the family out this weekend and come see these amazing pontoons. And be sure to ask about custom-rigged Alumacraft fishing boats this weekend at Dan's Southside Marine during our February open house. Dan's Southside Marine, six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. There are definitely things to avoid during a Minnesota winter, like licking a flagpole or waiting too long to replace that car battery. But number one on the list is taking a chance on your furnace. Hey, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, reminding you that a furnace clean and tune will improve efficiency, reliability, and peace of mind. Or maybe it's time to take advantage of Sabre's rebates and upgrade to an energy-efficient Bryant system. Don't take chances on your comfort. Visit SabreHeating.com. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Andy, could you turn her, her headphones on? We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Farley and uh, Gail Beckwar with us, ladies and gentlemen. They will be at Bogarts tonight. As a matter of fact, doors open at 6 o'clock. They've got the uh, tables all set up because that's the way they want to get it done. Now, uh, Doug did announce, Doug Sprinthal here with us, he announced that they're going to be relaxing a lot of the restrictions because of COVID, but they're, not, they're going to wait until Kevin and Gail leave town, and then they're going to do it. Ha, <laughs> ha. That's pretty. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Right. It's not tonight. That's kind of well, sad. That's a bummer. I know you missed yeah, it. Eleven way. o'clock's okay for comedy, right? You don't want to be doing stand up in front of people that are totally <laughs> hammered at one in the morning. That's never any fun. Got that was my worst. That's exactly right. I had to perform one time at midnight in Cancun, Mexico. They had everybody sit down. They said, "Okay, now we're going to do a comedy show." You talk about, you know, just a terrible terrible show you know people you're right you're drunk and and they didn't tell me they didn't, they didn't speak english you know they thought it, i was <laughs> oh it wasn't uh, the american 20 year old throwing up margaritas from senior frogs yeah i i, I they introduced me in spanish i'm not kidding you and uh how many people speak english and they go oh and there's like 500 people out there. Oh, God. And, uh, oh. and I have my little briefcase, and they go, hey, where's all your magic props? I go, this is it. I'm a comedian magician, not a magician. <laughs> and so they talk about bombing, but, but then also the hotel, the, the thing was so nice, and, uh, and you know, people always ask, what's the best place and worst place you've entertained? I go, I can answer that in one question, Cancun, Mexico, on New Year's Eve. You know? There you but, go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we we all get a chance to work different places, and and uh, it's funny how sometimes you're working for somebody, uh, working like I was telling Harry Anderson. I remember Rodney Carrington was just getting started in Oklahoma, and he was yeah. an MC, and I remember him introducing me, and then, and you know, and uh, I was working, and I don't know if you know Kevin. There was a guy named Spike Rizzo. I don't know sure. if he's still doing comedy. From Spike was the feature. I was the headliner, and we're both going. Well, this kid will never make it with the guitar. You know, he swears too much. And, you know, he just, and who knew that? You just never know who you're going to meet on the way up or on the way down. And, of course, he makes big time. How did you survive doing comedy for 95% of the people who don't speak your language? That had to be really uncomfortable. Time time to open with a dime trick. I'm just going, yeah. (laughs) It's not easy. But, uh, so, yeah, it's, yeah. I have it was qu- tough. It was tough. I have a question. Did you, just to be a smartass, just once in a while, just throw, Ocho, just throw in a Spanish word for the hell of it? <laughs> that would have been fun. I, I did. I, I tell people I felt like Davy Crockett at the Alamo. You know, I was getting killed. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> well, I suppose, <laughs> yes. There was, there was actually, the next day on the beach, I was with my wife, and it was beautiful, just gorgeous and when you, you bomb, you don't want to be recognized. And this guy comes up to me and he goes, hey, you're the magician from last night. I go, oh, crap. And uh, I go, yeah. And he goes, 
because I'm from Los Angeles. I, there's a comedy, the Comedy Magic Club out there. You, you got to get out there. And I said, yeah, and I've worked out there a couple of times. He goes, I don't know how you did it, you know, with the people not speaking English and everything. I, yeah, it was tough. So, well, Kevin, have you yeah. done shows where they've been totally drunk and didn't speak any yeah. the language? Yeah, I just did one. I just did one, in fact. I went, and after I finished my show, I went to the bar just to get a Coke because I don't drink anymore. But I sat at the bar, and there's a guy next to me going, complaining to his friend, did you see that guy? That comedian was terrible. <laughs> and, then, uh, and he's... He's literally going off about me, just going, I, that's ridiculous. That was the worst entertainment I've ever heard. And then I'm like, <laughs> literally right next It's tough when the family shows up to your shows. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I remember like, in Cancun. Yeah. Go ahead, Kevin. No, he just saw me, and I'm like, hey. And he goes, oh, yeah, well, you know, I mean, you know. He was just all embarrassed. I'm like, oh, God, I got to get out of here. You should be I was just going to add to that, Can that Cancun story. My wife and I, at the end of the... And I did a whole week there, and they advertised it as English-speaking comedy. Actually, one guy, the next day, was translating for me, and I said, boy, I sure could have used you on New Year's Eve. And, uh, of course, it's midnight. Nobody wants to sit down and see comedy. Like you said, 11 o'clock, you know, it's almost uh, midnight's too late anyway to do comedy. But, but at the end of the week, my wife and I went to another Cancun bar, and it was all uh, people there, Spanish, and... The guy, the band on stage said a joke in the, in Spanish, and everybody laughed, Cindy and I at the bar, and I'm thinking, wow, now I know exactly how the audience felt on New Year's Eve with me. <laughs> Couldn't understand the <laughs> damn joke, man. Yeah. I, why would they have done that? Here's what I don't understand. If they know they're going to load it up with Spanish-speaking people, why did they do that to you? I don't know. You know, the Flaming Idiots, they were a juggling troupe, and they went on like 20 minutes, 30 minutes in front of me, and it's visual. They weren't talking. I'm backstage going, they're not talking. I've seen them on The Tonight Show. They're very funny. And uh, then when they introduced me at 1230 in Spanish, I understood why. So, but, uh, <laughs> How do you say 1230 and in they, Spanish? I'm sure they thought I was more visual than I was. It was probably a booking problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. But, yeah, still, it was just too late to do comedy. It didn't matter if they did speak English. It's just, and especially on New Year's Eve, people want to dance at midnight, not not sit down. No, that's true. Yeah. That's a very good point. They probably do want to start dancing and making a little physical contact because they have certain things in <laughs> mind. You're probably right. <laughs> You're probably right about that. That's probably exactly how it works. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm just excited again. Uh, if you didn't, you weren't here for the first segment, I'm excited that we have live entertainment. You can go out to dinner and have dinner. You can go see comedians. Maybe someday you can go see a, a, a show. That'd be nice. But yeah, to have you guys back on stage is—it's just—it's a sign of maybe summer is coming, and maybe summer will be able to live like human beings again instead of being, you know, running scared from everything. And it's been a tough yeah. 14 months, no question about it, no doubt about it. So it's nice to have you guys back, no, no doubt. I hope you I love that. I love live entertainment, and I I love live entertainment, and I think people love live entertainment. So I'm glad to see it come back too. I'm glad to be back out on the road. I'm kind of surprised you guys. Kevin, how what? Oh, go ahead, sir. Go I was going to ask Kevin how, how was it in Las Vegas. You said you did a show last week in Las Vegas, Kevin. How was it there? Well, it was great because I think people are just. That was the first show back in, in at the Plaza in uh, Las Vegas, and it, I was the first show, and uh, people were just ecstatic. They were just happy to be. I mean, I asked a few people, and it's the first time they'd been out at all. You know, so wow. they're they're just like I think really underestimate how many people have been quarantine that they're scared mm -hmm. to death of this disease and there's a lot of people that just haven't left the house so mm -hmm. yeah they were they were like i'm just glad listen i'm just glad to be here you know they were just thrilled to be out you know yeah there's no question yeah. we're all going to be thrilled to be out so yeah i uh next time you next time you come to town maybe you can come in studio come in to do the morning show it'd be it'd be great to have you both in studio i'd love it i'd love it Thank too you. i like I like coming in and saying hello to you guys, for sure. No, it's it'll be terrific to see you again. Kevin and Gail, thank you so much for your time today. Good luck tonight. Doors open at 6 o'clock at Bogarts, ladies and gentlemen. Doug, you going to go?
Beautiful Apple Valley. No, Cassie said I, she could get me tickets, and I've got stuff going on with the Sarah's family tonight. Way so. to go. Way yeah, to that's go, right. What happened to the ticket giveaway or whatever? Oh, that's right. We do have two pairs of tickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, well, I got, we got another hour and a half of the show to it's do. It's no big deal. Sec, Nobody Nicole. listens to this anyway. This is just nice therapy try. for Tom. We're not actually hooked <laughs> yes, up to exactly. the Internet. Yes, we don't even broadcast. There's no question about that. So, yes, we will uh, we'll get that done, as a matter of fact. Mr. Farley, Mr. Beckwar, thank you very much for your time today. Great having you on. Have a good day, sir. And sir, thank you. Hey, you too. Thanks. Thank Bye. you. Bye. All right, Andy. So, how do we do the ticket giveaway? That's an excellent question because I'm not in charge of that. I just know it exists because hmm. mom said so. Because mom said so. Yeah. Any idea how many tickets that you have? I think she said we have two pairs. All right, let's take caller forty-seven. <laughs> caller forty-seven. That might take a while. <laughs> We'll be Andy's here at six o'clock at night. Yeah, right? you know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm guessing this is something we should probably do on social media since I think us maybe know about it and yeah. the show's almost over. So what show's almost over? This show. No, it's not. Well, well I mean, we, we got another, ten minutes. Well, or we, we can do minutes. it in car selling secrets too. We could, but I, I'll uh, text Cassie and I'll see if she has anything. Yeah, get it done on social yeah. media. That'd be the way to do it. But yeah, I've always liked Kevin Farley. Gail seemed like a hell of a nice yeah. guy. That was good. But I just, yeah, the Farley family, they're they are all really pretty decent people. They tend to be anyway. You there, know what I mean? There really is no worse feeling as a performer for a, the wrong audience for the mm. right performance. Oh, God. But why, as a club owner, would you? We're going to put an English-speaking comedian up in front of Spanish people. Why would you why? Ever do that? Years ago, uh, I don't even know if Sarah and I were married, but the church that she works at down in Hastings, used to have a big, I think it was a summer festival. It was a big fundraiser for the church, and it was wildly popular. And we played a couple of years outside. Well, this particular year, uh, the weather was terrible. It was like 45 and raining, and they're like, well, come on, and so you like can play in, the, this month so far. play in the fellowship mm. hall. I'm like, yeah, I you know, we're a rock band. I don't, oh, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. The only people that showed up were the Knights of Columbus. The Knights of Columbus, the young ones, are like 80, and they all have hearing aids on. <laughs> oh, they're yeah. just yelling oh, at yeah. us. It's just miserable. We didn't even turn stuff on, and we were too loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good news. The hearing aids are working. Yeah, so no, that's, that's right. And it was just, you know, it doesn't mean that they're bad people. The Knights do fabulous work for the community. It's just that, yeah, it just we just shouldn't have done it. <laughs> Why? Well, well they know. probably loved it. No, they hated it. Why All they did, did was complain because it was too loud. Oh, seriously? It was seriously. Oh, and we were not a loud band. I mean, I cannot believe that people would bitch because it was too loud. And it's funny because I, I used to play a lot, and I kind of gave it up other than jams and stuff when my son was born. So I was out of it for about 15 years, and then when Sarah and I started playing together... You know, when I was younger, if there was somebody that was 60 or 65 in the audience, I'm like, oh, God, they just, they're just they going to just be crabby and terrible. Well, what had happened was now I was closer to their age, and in between sets they'd go, right. you guys are really good. Have you ever thought about doing some traffic tunes? I'm like, yeah, it's actually a pretty good idea. So yeah. I learned not to be scared of old people. Not to be scared of old people? You know what I mean. I, it's when you're a young guy playing in rock bands, you get, you know, back when I was younger, you'd get the stink eye from people all the time. I only uh, did a Dairy Queen. That's the only time I ever got the stink eye from old people at Dairy Queen. Really? I remember one time I was 15 years old with the Dairy Queen on Washburn and West Broadway in North Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. And we're 15 years old, so we're running our miles, this and the other thing, and, you know, dropping the F-bomb and the whole deal. Mm. There are three of us. And, five, and two of them were 17, and I was 15. The two, uh, two guys with me were older than me. And we're sitting there, and blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, this guy gets up, and he walks over to the table, and he leans forward, and he goes, Boys, you see that table over there with that woman and those two little kids? That's my family. And if I hear one of you swear again, I'm going to beat the piss out of all three of you. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, okay, okay, sir, I guess we just got the message. <laughs> I will never forget that as long as I know. And I was convinced he probably wouldn't have had much of a problem yeah. with it either. <laughs> Three guys on one, I don't think it would have mattered. Yeah, he was not happy with that swearing in front of his kids deal, which I understand. I, I totally get that. I wouldn't. I would not be impressed by that at all. And I see people do that in public all the time. And it's just like, God. And I like to swear. It's kind of fun, but 
I actually see people dropping the F-bomb in front of their little kids now. Oh, I know. Which shocks the hell mm-hmm. out of me. You're dropping the F-bomb in front of a, you know, like a five, six-year-old? What are you doing? What do you think? Then, of course, when the kid says, oh, you can't say that. Right. Well, you did. Yeah, where do you think they learned it? Hey, you can hop on now. Yeah, you can just. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Int- introduce your guest, which is going to be your guest. You introduce her. I'll introduce her in my show. You, she can introduce herself in yours. How's that? Yes, there you go. I, my name is Mary Valine. I'm, the, uh, I'm with the auto show to talk about that a little bit on the next podcast. I have to ask you, because I've been a fan for years, are you related to Bobby Valine? I am. That's my father-in-law. What? Yeah. So you're talking about old people, you're t- and I'm married to a musician, so his son is a full-time musician. So I love that guy. Came up through the ranks, yeah. How cool and is that? Had a lot of people tell him to turn it down. He didn't like that either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Bobby V. Bobby V. is your father-in-law. It sure is. God, what a great singer. Yeah, yeah. We miss him terribly. He passed away in 2015. That's right. Yeah, him. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. He lives in Fargo, didn't he? He was started in Fargo. You know, that's how he got his start in the business. It's right. it's the best story. Okay. Buddy Holly was uh, yeah. trying to get from Clearwater. Yep. And they, they flipped a coin, and Buddy Holly and Richie Valens and the Big Bopper ended up in the plane, and the rest drove. Yep. And so this is back in the, you know, the day before phones. Yep. So the bands show up. And the producer's like, you know, the, the ballroom is like, where's the where's the lead singer? So he called this this lead, this local guy, Bobby V, Bobby Valine at the time, and uh, said, look, I've got the crickets, but I don't have Buddy Holly. Can you fill in? I've got the Well, that was Waylon Jennings, right? He was one of the yeah, crickets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he was the bass player, I yeah, think. Yeah, exactly. God, so how, what a coincidence story. that is. Yeah. Do many people ask you if you're related to Bobby Valine? Because they know, don't know his name, really. No, exactly. Yeah, so I, I'm glad you asked. But I'm glad you know because you're a music guy. But, you know, sometimes not as much as I would as I would guess. It's Bobby V for most they people. They just don't know. Yeah, they don't know his name was Valine. Yeah. Oh, God, what a great – seriously. I'm glad I didn't say, well, Bobby Valine sucked. I hope you're not related. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I said – uh, well, you don't have it. much tact, but you have some. You would well, never. No, but I did. That. I thought Bobby V could sing. Oh, yeah. Man, he could sing. Great oh yeah, singer. he's a great singer. Yep, yep. And I'd argued it out with you. <laughs> <laughs> we had argued the whole time. Yeah, what a, that's how. What a great. Did you? You, you must have known yeah, that. Yeah, I did. See, he didn't mention that to me either. Well, yeah. I just thought we'd discover no, stuff. You tried that's, to trick me into what... saying something negative about her family. I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> You're so now, how, how do you guys know one another? Well, through uh, MADA. Right. Yep, yep. He's the king of selling cars, and Walzer is a big deal here in the <laughs> oh Twin God, Cities. So. Please don't call him. I'm not the king of selling cars. Well, you think you got all the secrets. I would hope you, you've got them. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk more about that. We'll talk about all you know, the events that are yeah. coming up during your show, but I just wanted to know. Uh, so she puts up with you. Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, we don't. We. we, we <clears throat> Do stuff usually around the auto show every year. So she's the one. You know, Scott takes all the credit because he's the president. <laughs> yeah, tough guy when he's you know, not here, he's right? He's got the throne and the cape, and he makes people like kneel and stuff. But Mary's the one that does the actual work. Oh, so you're the one that does all the yeah. all the work. Uh, you know, that's my boss. So I'll, I'll <laughs> no, it's all Scott. I'm just here to fill in today. No, no. Well, I told I told. Uh, Candace on the air today to book uh, to book Scott. Okay, this good. Week. And I think I sent you his information. You did, yeah. I, okay. So uh, she needs to get him because I, I think what well we can explain a little what's yeah. going on on this show and then the, the car sure whatever they all blend in. There's really not two separate audiences. They just listen. No, to that's the whole. true. They all, that's true. Generally, that's true. yeah. Generally, that's true. All the car selling secrets does actually do quite well. Generally <laughs> speaking. <laughs> Well, it does. Well, it does. No, he's no, happy you. for That's you. That's good. Why? Well, he can't, can't be happy for you because no, no, you no, do it's well? Fine. I'm just teasing. God, this guy. Nothing but trouble. Anyway. We actually have a question from the chat. So there's a company that puts together food truck festivals, and they're having one in Hutchinson in summer, and they want some recommendations for some local bands to contact to play. Ooh. Hmm. Uh, Robbie you'd V. Be the one to <laughs> Robbie V. There's Robbie one. V. Oh, there you go. Yep, Robbie V at RobbieV.com. There you go. There's, There's one. There's my selfish Well, ask, ask them what kind of music they like. That's and... a, yeah, that's a good question. Oh, Doug. Focus. <laughs> Want to hear yeah, some polkas? Oh, disco all the time. Oh, disco. That'd be good. How about like you know 
vile rap. What if that's what they want? Vile? Specifically vile. Specifically vile not, rap. Not just there's, normal rap. There's so many bands out there that are just itching to get out mm-hmm. and play. Oh, you could, I'm sure. You could put something on Craigslist and you'd be answering the phone 24-7. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah, and it's so hurting. funny. They're all, you know, all my musician buddies are like, God, I haven't done a gig in a year. and i I got to get the rust off. I don't remember how to do it. And it's just walk up and sing into the thing with a ball on the end and strum the guitar you'll be fine yeah that's true no we seriously we went up to the barrio 50th for for single to mile last night it was a ball just to yeah. sit in a restaurant with fun. people eating yeah. god it was fun mm-hmm. then kim the new general manager she comes by she goes by she goes mr bernard i said yes she goes I'm going to be your new favorite general manager. <laughs> you like her. Oh, she's terrific. Yeah, she does a terrific job. Really good people over there. And our server last night, I recognized him, but I didn't think he recognized me, but he did. He st- tells my wife and my daughter, you know, I used to caddy for your husband when I was a teenager. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It is. And then, of course, you're going, my wife goes, God, that must have been horrible. <laughs> and she goes, no, we had a great time. I love caddying for him. She goes, yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks, honey. Thanks for all your support. Your Mother's Day is right around the corner. Oh, she already got her Mother's Day gift and my Father's Day gift and our anniversary gift. She has a, She's having a new door put on the back of the house. Oh, you know, wow. Is that... you know how much doors are now? A door? Oh, God, yeah. A nice oh, door? God. Yeah. Why don't you get her an exercise bike to go with She's it? She's already got one. <laughs> She's that was last one. Mother's Day? The yeah. door is probably more than the exercise bike, if I had to guess. Oh, about four times more. Yeah. Yep. Really nice doors. Yeah, even, like, we got a new door, a new front door for our house, and I wouldn't call it, like, super high-end, but it was probably, you know, medium range. And, yeah, it's a couple thousand dollars right there for one door. You know how many days there are in, like, uh, three years, right? About a thousand. Okay, about we'll take... That. That many of those Ooh. for a oh. door. Yeah, that's about right, I'd say. For a door. Was it, is it solid wood? Yeah, I think. Well, no, it's got all this glass in it. And it's got a well, see, I mean, for like that door kind itself. of money, I would expect like a Star Trek thing where you just walk through <laughs> I it. I just walk right through it. It separates. No, it's... it's uh, they have those. They're called Ooh. bead doors. <laughs> yeah. yeah, beads. The beads hanging yeah. down. Exactly. I've never actually seen one of those in real life. That's because you're too young. Yeah. You weren't alive in 1973 yeah, where they say. were everywhere. Oh, right, I bet. Is, what is, they, they don't do anything. They just make noise and they slow just, you down. They're just, they're just there to be cool? Yeah, well, Probably, it was the height yeah. of the hippie era. That's true. Yeah. Patchouli oil and yeah. Lava lamps didn't do anything doors. either. Well, yep. they did light up a room, so yeah. I guess... Some function. Some function. More form than function. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we did this, but we are right on time. Of course we are. How the hell did that happen? That never happens. All right, we're going to take a break and be right back. Car Selling Secrets coming up next, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Baby.